With the fourth pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Toronto Raptors select Scotty Barnes from Florida State University. You heard the crowd. This is a surprise. On draft night, there was huge excitement among Toronto's fan base. For once, for the first time in 15 years, they had got a top four pick. And as we discussed in our podcast two weeks ago, it was looking likely that either Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green would be heading to the six. A potentially franchise changing player was on his way. And then something happened. We know Masai Ujiri loves to do things differently, loves to polish rough diamonds, do trades that sometimes don't make sense, but of course always end up working out, well, for the most part, at least. But at number four, with Jalen Suggs available, with Jalen Suggs having just praised Toronto's system, praised their backcourt, said he was looking forward potentially to working with Larry and Van Vliet, he goes and picks Scotty Barnes. Now, this is no slight on Scotty Barnes, of course, but Varel, my co-host, who I will introduce right now, surely you'll agree with me that this came as a massive, massive shock to everyone watching it live. I mean, I don't think any fans were expecting this. Yeah, you could sense the atmosphere in the room, can you, Kamel, as soon as that pick was announced? He got boost. Boost? That really, that, it wasn't like cheers. Just that initial immediate reaction was just, it was just silence, bated breath. People were just, it, it was not just shock. People were just unsure. Is this, is this, who, Scotty Barnes? Really? What? Is this actually what happened? Um, and I mean, we did see a lot of Raptors fans go into meltdown immediately afterwards. And there seemed to be a lot of conspiring, a lot of, uh, a conversation was occurring. Okay, what possibly could have occurred between Jalen Suggs and the organization for them to pass up on him? I mean, we did that pre-draft uh, analysis, didn't we, Camille? And Scotty Barnes wasn't actually a name that we even discussed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it was absolutely a massive shock. What do you want to say, Camille? Well, essentially, sources were kind of telling some media in Toronto that Suggs did have a workout in the week before the draft. But apparently it went terribly, both the interview and the actual workout itself. Now, I'm not sure if that was enough to change their mind completely and just decide not to pick him, despite obviously quite liking the look of him. But, you know, maybe, of course, Scotty Barnes is a player that Masai admitted and Bobby Webster, the GM, admitted to have been watching since he was 16 or 17. So maybe it was just enough to push them over the edge. Um, but you're right, either way, it's, uh, it's a massive, massive shock. Um, and I think what's a good idea is, let, let's get into Scotty Barnes, because, you know, as you said, yeah. we haven't discussed him yet. We discussed Mobley, Green, and uh, Suggs, of course, but we and even Kaminga. Kaminga, yeah. Who was probably the perceived fifth pick. But with Suggs yeah. now going to the Magic, uh, the Raptors end up with... Scotty Barnes, quick cheat sheet on Mr. Barnes. He's just turned 20. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. 
he went to Florida State, where he played a sort of a versatile point forward role, very much a playmaking four, averaging 4.1 assists off the bench. Uh, he was named ACC Freshman of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, and Third Team All ACC. Uh, physically, he's six foot eight, 225 pounds, seven foot three wingspan. And what's very exciting is this seems very odd to discuss, but he has very large hands. Uh, he has a very mm. tall standing reach and his shuttle drill time is really, really good. So he's a very athletic guy, probably one of the most athletic guys in the draft itself. But as we said, he was yeah. someone who was maybe looking to go for six. And of course, there's discussions of do the Raptors need another strong athletic defender? You know, having already got the likes of OG in the side. But what do you think? I mean, we've obviously done our... We, I mean, I guess all Toronto fans and media had to do a bit of a extra scouting report after he was <laughs> on Scotty Barnes. What do you think Masai saw in him but that particularly he could bring to the team either this season or in the coming years? Is it more something he was going to work with OG? Is it... Are they going to focus on, you know, locking down the game, becoming, you know, Detroit 04 sort of mimicking, mimicking that? Why pick Scotty yeah. why rate him so high um, for this Raptors yeah. team yeah um, you phrase that question in an excellent way because we need to look at it from two different angles we need to look at just in a silo what does he bring to any team that's what we need to look at first and then we look at what did the Raptors envisage his fit would be in this team because um, it seems to me, Camille, more and more so in the draft in the past couple of years, like in the past decade especially, teams have not placed as much of an emphasis on fit. They've looked at players and gone, okay, this is the best player available at this position, so we're going to take him and we're, we're going to try and make it work. But of course, we need to think about fit as well, which is uh, part of the reason why people were unsure about what his role would be on this team. So. Uh, maybe I'll go uh, and discuss that a second. But first of all, what does he bring? Uh, absolutely concur with your point. Um, I'm watching film on him. He did such a phenomenal job, even guarding the smaller, quicker guards in college. Sometimes he was tasked with just mainly uh, guarding the opposition's main uh, playmaker, uh, when especially when that playmaker was uh, the dangerous player on the opposition team. So. Uh, incredibly quick feet for his size is one thing I noticed already. His defensive stance looks immaculate. <laughs> just the way he slides his feet, it, it just it looks perfect. Um, it very much reminded me of uh, Kawhi on the defensive end. Talking about those big hands, yep, that's absolutely a parallel we can draw with Kawhi. His wingspan, he just looked so so dangerous. He was really smart uh, in cutting out. Um, poor passes in the uh, passing lanes where he would uh, make really smart steals so um, it's it's just not just his uh, physique and uh, you know his uh, yeah it's basically his physical abilities on the defensive end but he has a very good defensive IQ as well so uh, I think he's got two inches on Kawhi as well in terms of height he's six foot eight as opposed to you know six 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 seven uh, so on the defensive end, I already think he's probably one of the best defenders in the league. But that's how phenomenal he looked. Uh, I mean, that's and a, you'll that's see a that immediately. I, I have zero, zero doubt in that. Like, I'm completely confident that he'll be like Lou Dort <laughs> in his first season and be like phenomenal. 
Well, well, one thing we could say is he is definitely one of the most versatile defenders in the league already. Because in college, it was very interesting the way teams used him. They literally, you say, okay, this, you say, uh, hear a cliche about players being able to defend one through five. This guy literally can, literally walked up to the opposing point guards, started disrupting them at half court. You know, it's it's a very, very interesting way to use, uh, you know, someone who plays at the four. But, you know, it's a kind of thing that Nick Nurse obviously values, you know, with the likes of OG Ananobi uh, in his team. And maybe in future, if you look at how he fits in this team, maybe the Raptors switching to a more switch style, of course. And according to the scouting report, he's an extremely good communicator and off-ball defender. Very, very smart with switching. So it's great. I mean, versatility is there. And, you know, as you say, it's a bold prediction, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't put it past him. You wouldn't put it past him to almost, if he was going to win Rookie of the Year, it's going to be on his defense, of course. In college, you know, 2.4 steals, he averaged every 40 minutes. And his ability to deflect the ball and tip the ball, which, of course, doesn't relate yeah. into the box score, is also excellent. So it's good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, we can also look at the offense a bit. I know there's a lot been said about his shooting in particular, but close to the basket, he's a really good transition player. He almost mimics Siakam in that way, right? He leads the break, he goes out, yeah, and his yeah. decision-making in college, at least, uh, was was sound, was sound. And of course, uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to say that. So I think uh, there's two or three things now we need to look at, which you picked up on uh, both of those things there, Kamel. Playmaking, you talked about his four assists, but um, absolutely what you just said there about uh, not not just being able to finish on the transition, but actually starting off that transition. Yeah, like Siakam, um, did an excellent job with that in college. Uh, you're absolutely spot on with that. I think um, he did also, he was a good playmaker in the half court, but he's not like, you know, Nikola Jokic uh, no, but or his... LeBron James. He wasn't like a savant when it came to passing in the half court, but he was a good passer. Um, he's he got, he's got vision. He's got he's got vision. I mean, if you look at his time in Florida State, a lot of his plays were highlight plays were in the half court, uh, especially in the pick and roll. And uh, as the scouting report says, uh, the cross corner kick out as well, uh, yes, as yeah, well yeah. as the dunker spot spot cutter sort of thing. So yeah. the half court, he does have he does have ability there. Is is are you saying maybe it's something that at least in his first season, Nick Nurse isn't going to trust him with bringing the ball up? No, I think he absolutely will. I, I, I think he is a very good playmaker. And it's important to know that this Raptors team has never been a team that relies on one guy to playmake anyway. Yeah. Like, even in those big playoff games, there's constantly switching between Siakam, Bambley, Larry when he wasn't injured, or obviously in previous years as well. But in previous seasons, despite Larry obviously being the best on, on with that on the team, he never, for a couple of seasons now, he's not been the sole solely relied upon to playmate for this team so no I think he will be trusted I think the only point I was making there Camille, he's not you know he's not like uh, Trey Young or Steph Curry no, of course, of course. yet um, but he's he's very good like as for a forward he's very good but he's not you know like one of the top like on that top level as of yet um, maybe like a Draymond Green and that's yes, kind I of mean, person I, I was literally about to ask that is that something that the Raptors can copy in terms of once Scotty Barnes is in the side, suddenly you have Van Vliet and OG, usually who are burdened with the playmaking 
uh, playmaking ability. Well, they're burdened with the playmaking duties for the team. Yes. Suddenly they can go off ball. You know, suddenly they can shoot. Suddenly they become the Curry and Clay to Scotty Barnes, Draymond. Is that is that a step too far, maybe, or is that no. what maybe is in the side at number four? No, uh, no. I think that's exactly what um, he's looked at. Um, both Masai Jury and the coach, but I think, uh, I mean, this team, to, in my opinion, it just needed more shooting. Um, need more shooting. It needed, with playmaking, he's also not the type of player. He's a good passer with the ball, but uh, I, his handle's not quite good enough. And in particular, Kamel, uh, I don't know if you noticed, whenever he drove left and any sort of finishing with his left hand, ended disastrously most of the time. I think he really, really needs to go work on going to his left side because you can't be that predictable in the NBA, always be forced to drive right. Like you get found out at the top level. You you see that with basically every player. You can't, you can't, he can't just solely rely on his athleticism to allow him to just to bully him, himself right. He could end up becoming like a 15, 20 point per game scorer if he finds his niche doing that and if, even if he doesn't work on his scoring but if he wants to be like you know one of these top guys yeah that, that's one of the ma- massive weaknesses I saw like going to his left finishing with his left wasn't there at all it looked almost amateurish Kamel honestly sometimes but it's true um, I mean I mean at the, at the same time while you know you've got that elite athleticism uh defensive play you've got decent playmaking really with the number four pick in a draft you want a little bit more than that you know you you don't want someone who can just run down the court and finish when you get a good rebound you want someone who can do every do have a, have a little mix of everything uh but at the minute right his his scout report says that he's not a skilled scoring threat at the slightest uh, as, the, as the athletic put it he's a no level scorer as opposed to a three level scorer and what was it no level scorer <laughs> I mean, okay that i think that's a bit unfair Kamel. Well, well, well. I'll, I'll allow you to say your piece, and we'll probably look at some stats. But the, there was a reason that in Scotty Barnes' workout in Toronto, they just pretty much made him shoot, according to a lot of reports, and they just made him shoot and shoot and shoot over again. They didn't actually care, I believe, about a lot of the other qualities. But they must have seen something which said that this guy's jump shot can be fixed, right? It's not a Ben Simmons type of situation. Maybe it can work. Maybe he can develop into some form of an adequate shooter, at least. You know, Draymond Green right now, we do meme on him, right? But in his best ever seasons, he was hitting 35 38% from three, something serviceable, something where you can't necessarily leave him open all the time. Is that something which they envisioned for Barnes as well? But I'll, I'll leave to you, of course, to discuss shooting, perhaps and what you saw in film in particular. Yeah, yeah, I, I did want to discuss that. I mean, he's both from the mid-range and from three. Um, didn't look great. His free throw percentage, I think, hovered around 60%. It was like mid-60s-ish. Um, so not terrible, to be honest. It, it wasn't, you know, he's not a 50% free throw uh, shooter. So maybe there's a little bit of potential there. Of course, yeah. three throw percentage actually translates pretty well to three-point percentage. Which, uh, just FYI, actually, was 29%. But, of course, doesn't matter in college. It's slightly different, as everyone knows. Just an FYI there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was um, kind of what I was trying to get at, Camille, was um, uh, we've seen players who aren't great from three in college, but like they've had 
pretty good free throw percentage percentages and they've actually translated uh to better three-point shooters in the nba it seems like this free throw percentage in college translates better to three-point percentage in the nba for some reason um, of course that's not uh, it's not um even a rule of thumb i would say it's just something we've picked up on before um but what i'd say with the shooting yeah his mechanics definitely aren't broken they don't need massive in my opinion that it doesn't seem like it needs a massive fixes um, and that's what nick nurse has said he said um, we believe that something it's something that he can work on and he's not going to always be um, you know a detrimental shooter somebody you can sag off on um, to me Kamel as, as an amateur um, I don't know I, I don't even know what the phrase is but somebody who tries to understand what's going wrong with a jump shot to me it looks like he's bringing the ball up in the right area but a lot of his shots fell short of the rim which of course is indicative of either legs or maybe your wrist. You're not quite putting the right kind of power in your legs and driving like you should, which firstly, that's, that's definitely something that I noticed. I noticed that he wasn't getting up off the floor at all. He was like, almost like, you know, when we watch Steph Curry uh, shoot a jump shot, it's, it sometimes seems like Steph barely gets off the floor when he's wide open. But the thing, the reason Steph makes up for it, the snap of his wrist is just, out, out of this world like he generates so much of his power from his wrist and uh that's what i noticed with scotty his wrist seems so limp when he was going up for these shots so he wasn't jumping up at all really his wrist wasn't to me it wasn't like he didn't have that powerful flick like you would expect from the three and so he missed so many of these sh shots short but like in terms of like his timing of his shooting and all that, like it didn't look terrible to me. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't think it's completely broken jump shot like a Ben Simmons. And I think um, he could potentially become a serviceable, if not like a good three point shooter. Like, of course, everyone keeps making Kawhi comparisons for any pull through, um, pull shooter in college. They go, oh, but look at Kawhi, look at how much he improved from the three from college. So, like, obviously, that's absolutely the best case scenario we can hope for, Kamel, but. Um, yeah, I don't think it looks broken, personally. Fantastic. Well, it's enough about Scotty Barnes, and as we said at the start, there must have been a reason why Messiah Jury chose him. And with Kyle Lowry's contract situation, of course, many of us thought he was going back at the trade deadline. I think there's a res resignation that he might well be going this offseason, which is why, initially, even more so, people expected the Raptors to draft a guard such as Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, yeah. But they've got a number four now. They've got someone who's probably competing with Siakam for minutes, of course. Neither of them can play the five. That's that's a given. To you, what really happens with this Raptors lineup? A lot of people have said that drafting Barnes means Siakam is now on the trading block. It means that Lowry could end up signing a two-year extension where it means the Raptors could be in the market for a big-time guard to support Fred Van Vliet. Is, are any of those options feasible to you at the minute? Which is the most likely? Uh, really difficult question, Kamel. Yeah, um, we don't know what's in the side head. Kamel, one thing I would say, talk, but let's firstly talk about the small ball lineup because this actually makes it it's something obviously this team has utilized for the uh, probably the most out of, well mm, 
I'm not sure if it's the most out of any team in the NBA the past couple of years, but Nick Nurse has certainly really embraced it. And I think with him there, and if he's playing alongside um, Siakam as well, you actually have a pretty decently sized small ball lineup. I think in previous years, like sometimes we'd have Kyle, Norm, Powell, and um, Fred Van Vliet out there. And we'd, we'd say if we had OG and Siakam, like that is a suit, even for an undersized um, five, a small ball five, that was, yeah, particularly undersized. So uh, for that small ball lineup, I think it looks very, very dangerous for, for, that, uh, for the team now. And I think it's something they could use, utilize in like crunch situations if they needed to and be very confident with. But that's what I would say for number one. Um, I think Malachi Flynn actually comes into the conversation here, Kamal. So do you think this is an indication that the organization has looked has looked at him as the potential, you know, starting point guard going forward? Because I also did see that, you know, comparisons being made the draft time about Jalen Suggs and Malachi Finn. And people said, how much of an uh, upgrade is Jalen Suggs as of right now to the current day Malachi Flynn? Of course, uh, you, you can definitely say J- Jalen Suggs has a higher ceiling, but as of right now, today, is he that much better than Malachi Flynn that you're taking him? So that's my question to you. Do you think that came into the thought process? Do you think this shows that they now have put a lot of trust into Malachi Flynn? That's a great question. I think it raises an important point. Flynn, towards the end of last season, was just getting better and better. And while he's not a household name by any means, I don't think a Flynn Van Vliet backcourt is too much to sniff at in this aspect. And so having Flynn as a starting back, okay, right now, you're not going to want him to start in playoff games, especially if Larry goes. That's that's simply not feasible. However, there is something to be said for now an 82-game season where he can continue to develop into that pretty much, I guess, semi-all-star, pseudo-all-star kind of caliber player, which I think the consensus on him is. And I think you're right. Malachi Flynn's improvement at the end of last season definitely dictated the Raptors' choice. I also want to raise something else. In his Instagram bio, Scotty Barnes describes himself as a six foot nine point guard. Drawn a lot of comparisons to Ben Simmons. Is there any way at all in which the Raptors could just slam him at the one spot in the backcourt? Or am I just thinking totally left field right now? And how's that experiment worked out for the San Sixers? Uh, well, a couple of conference finals, a couple of conference semi-finals, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, nothing, nothing much further than that. But what I'm saying is, you know, for a guy who can defend one to five, you put give him some minutes when Siak comes off, you give him some minutes in the small ball lineup when you suggested, the rest of the minutes he can maybe play in the backcourt. Maybe this is the most versatile pick offensively and defensively that Masai has mm. ever done. Interesting. <laughs> No, I, I have not thought of it like that at all. That's very interesting, Kamal. I think uh, to compare it to Ben Simmons at this point, even that's a massive stretch. I mean, Ben Simmons coming into the league was the consensus number one pick. And um, in all fairness, um, I say Scotty Barnes athletically, he's not, I wouldn't say he's far behind Ben Simmons at all. Um, defensively, he probably is actually ahead of Simmons 
when he, in terms of coming into the league, in terms of what he was capable of. Um, Simmons has definitely developed that in the past couple of years. Playmaking, I'd say Simmons is definitely ahead of him uh, at the time he came into the draft. But wait, the more I'm thinking about this comparison, I, I, I don't think it's a terrible one. And that's to say those attributes that um, Scotty Barnes has, they, they're not to, like what you just said, Kamel, they are not to be sniffed at either. Like he, the, he's very much a look at this guy's strengths. They're phenomenal type of player. And his weaknesses are also glaring, but that's what the team is looking at. They're saying, if we can make him serviceable in those areas, we potentially have a gem on our hands. And so uh, that's so interesting. Ben Simmons, wow. And it's somebody that the Raptors have had to deal with in the Eastern Conference for the past couple of years, but... And someone, of course, that there was very, very heavy trade rumors in. You know, there's, yeah. a, there's a great... It's a great, maybe it's a, perhaps a great strategy. Instead of trading lots of picks and young players and OG for Ben Simmons, why not just draft him? You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, yeah. and I, yeah. I think, I think, right, almost wrapping up on Scotty Barnes now. It's also interesting to see the Raptors' second-round picks. They of course had forty-six and forty-seven, and they picked surprisingly two massive point guards: David Johnson, uh, a six-foot-five point guard with with fantastic speed and Delano Banton. Of course, I think he's the first Canadian player the Raptors have ever drafted. He is a six foot nine point guard uh, who can't shoot as well. So, I mean, there's a there's a pattern here. There's a real pattern here. <laughs> They've obviously planned this out pretty well. Um, but it's an interesting one. It's a very, very curious one. And I think the off season has now officially started. Do we see Lowry go? Do we see Siakam go? It's just all up in the air at the minute. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, immediately they're looking in that guard position. And yeah, it does seem like, so talking about where Scotty fits in, it, he almost certainly will be coming off the bench and sharing minutes with both OG and Siakam. Um, but the other thing, Kamel, uh, we've discussed it last, in the last season, big man, centre. That's, that's who else they'll be in the market for. And to be honest, Kamel, I'll take... Um, well, I, I think somebody like Jonas Valanciunas, like that'd be, uh, he had a really good season actually last year. Uh, that'd potentially be even aiming too high for what we what we need in that position. We don't, by no means does this team need an absolute superstar big man. And it's probably not something that they're looking to have in place for like ne the next three, four years in terms of uh, for the salary uh, cap as well. Um, in terms of acquiring like a superstar type player, they probably don't want maybe somebody like Jonas, but yeah, are those the two positions? Would you say we'll discuss it in a future episode? But I'd say I think at the moment, a playmaking guard who can shoot, uh, maybe, maybe a, like a shooting guard as well, who's who's kind of a shooter, like a three and D type player. We can never again have too many of those, and maybe a big man. I think those are potentially the three things the team could be looking for. Exactly. I mean, it, it, there's so much to discuss here, of course. But you know, whether Ken Birch and and Freddie Gillespie can hold down that five position, whether Barnes eventually moves to that five, whether Siakam becomes a sport, right. uh, whether we get another guard. Um, I think it's just something we'll have to leave to the future. But for now, Scotty Barnes, I think after the initial surprise, I think Raptors fans, after looking at his scouting report, are just a little more comfortable in trusting in Masai Ujiri. Is that fair to say, or are you still fuming yeah. that Suggs is not a Toronto man's right now? No, I mean, we... You've... 
kind of the audience has listened to us this episode it's been um very much a close analysis and in-depth view into the player yeah i'm not i wouldn't even say i'm disappointed Kamel, to be honest with you i'm actually quite excited about how he will turn out exactly to see his development fantastic well that is all for this episode we hope you enjoyed this in-depth discussion on the raptors new player uh and you know any off-season moves comes we'll be the first to discuss and analyze it for now though Make sure you're following us, Balling in the Six, on Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, our new website, ballinginthesix.wordpress.com. But that's it from me. Uh, And, of course, that's it from Varad as well. Take care, everyone.